This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. From your morning podcast to your afternoon playlist, you know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with the State Farm Personal Price Plan. That's a lot of bees. Yeah. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. That's important. You want an affordable price. Yeah, I do want one. Yeah, if it's too much, well, that's just not going to happen. No. <laughs> State Farm's on it. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state. I'm lowering my voice. Mm, Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Watch this. Hello, my name is Jeff uh, Goldblum, G-O-L-D-B-L-U-M. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm reading for some of the first name. Oh, yes, first name, I did it. First name, last name. Uh, Empty something. Yeah, and then pause. Here comes. That's enough of that. Uh, and I feel, and then, then it says here, uh, parenthesis, however I feel. Well, uh, the madness. 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 Hey, that's the last line of what movie? This is the, here, last line of the movie. Madness. Madness. Tell me the movie. Oh my like God, I know that movie. Yeah. I know that yep. movie. Is it an older movie? Ah, uh, yes. Wait a minute. Madness. I can give you a clue. Okay. Madness. Wait a minute. Is it... Madness. Hold it. Madness. Is it um, uh, Apocalypse Now? No. Ah, uh, no. That's the horror. The, the horror. The You're horror. close, though. Yeah. And it has a similar... Uh, oh, wait. It's the last Family Ties. Oh. No, it does. It ends oh. with madness. <laughs> madness. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that this is the introduction wait, to the show. We have to wrap up what this movie is and then do the name thing. All yeah. is one giant piece. We're still rolling. Yeah, we're really? still rolling. But really? what, give us yeah. that I mean, hint. this has been real. You can't use this as the No, we can't. But give us a hint on that movie. Uh, okay, I'll give you a hint. Mm, a lesser cast member, Jack Hawkins. Probably don't even know who that is. Oh, Mike, what kind of clue is that? Okay, sex. A ceramic sex. mug out. features <laughs> in a breakfast scene. There's a clue for you. No, Jack Hawkins. There are those who know very well Jack Hawkins. I'll get, and already know this movie. I'll give you the, uh, the uh, giveaway clue. Uh, Bill Holden. William Holden. Oh, uh... Stalag 17? No, good, no. Pretty good guess. It's uh, a kind of a war picture. The, he does not deliver the last line, by the way. Oh, uh, the Bridge gold, Over the River Kwai. Exactly yes, right. Bridge Over the River Kwai. That was my last... Just as uh, he blows up the bridge. Yes. Exactly. Now, all together, let's whistle the song that is... Right. Ready? No. Oh, wait, no, that's yeah. the wrong one. Okay. That's it. 
I can't whistle and I don't know that. You cannot whistle? I can't whistle and I. Is that true? I, I don't, I've never seen When this I was movie. a kid in camp, we used to, they taught us these old songs from the 50s as we trudged up the Appalachian Mountains. <laughs> and we had to sing Comet. It makes your teeth turn green, Comet. It tastes like Vaseline, Comet. Make you vomit, so drink your Comet and vomit today. And then it'd be like, again! And we would do it again, and I'd, I climbed the presidential mountain ranges singing that song, not knowing what it was, how it, why? Why? Just because. Wow. And then you learned later that it was from that movie. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Hey, do you know this song? You reminded me of the uh, song, uh, We're on the Upward Trail. We're on the Upward Trail. Singing, singing, everybody singing as we go. That would have been a more legit version of the marching song. Uh, yes, I suppose. Now, where does that song come from? Because you've confused us once again. And also, how do you feel about being Conan O'Brien? Yeah, just Hi, my for God's sake. My name is Jeff Goldblum, and I feel uh-huh. being here with you now as if I'm revealing myself to myself and. <laughs> And I feel utterly drenched and purged. <laughs> okay. Uh, you, uh, now, now you, that's from a kind of a, an homage to a movie line also. That's not my originality and my uh, unconventionality. When, why did you turn my podcast into a kooky trivia show? I love it. That's what you've I done. I love it. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell. Shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. All right, testing, testing, one, two, three, testing, testing, bumblebee, testing, testing, all day long we sing the testing, testing song. Three, two, <laughs> Why one. Why can't you do anything normally? I don't Why know. Why can't anything just be normal? I don't know, ask Michelangelo. Here we go. Oh, three, two, there it is. three. The Ninja Turtle. <laughs> yeah, that's who I meant. Okay. The best of the Ninja Turtles. Right. Three, No, Donatello, two, big one. time. I'm a Leonardo guy. Are you? And action. <sighs> hey there. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. The podcast that gives and gives until it can't give no more. What's it giving? I don't know. What are we giving? I think it's spreading disease. Stop. It's spreading disease. This is a uh, this is a fantastic episode. I never say that up front, yeah. but we know for a fact because uh, we uh, bring to you today the amazing Jeff Goldblum, mm. a force of nature, oh. um, a, a star. And I don't mean a star in the sense of a Hollywood star. He certainly is that, but he is a. Celestial event, in my he opinion. He really is, yeah. He really is. So this interview that we have, I'm told, Matt, that you barely touch this one. Sometimes you do little edits and tweaks. I do. There Occasionally a guest will be on and they start to go into you know, very inappropriate rant uh, and we have to take it out. Occasionally there's... Uh, you know, repeated stories or something through just natural conversation that I'll pull out. You're not missing anything as a listener from the things I'm pulling out. Right. But this yeah. one... It couldn't have any editing because it it's music. It's a symphony. And I also always take out little mouth noises and clicks. But Jeff Goldblum has this repeating feline slurp. Mm-hmm. And it yes, was, he does. it's just, I couldn't touch it. It would be like going, like you said, going to Michelangelo and, and editing his Sistine Chapel. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, you so not Michelangelo... The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. No, I still mean him. Okay. He was a wonderful painter. Because he also worked on the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. Um, So it must be tough technically to edit a man who's constantly making (laughs) low purring sounds. You can't do it. Because how do you, you can't do an edit. 
I speak and then I stop yeah. and there's nothing. But Jeff Goldblum, even when he's not speaking. Well, you can do a crossfade and you can blend one sexual grumble into the next. Mm -hmm. But I, I would never do that. Like, who am I to censor his sexual rumblings, his subsonic sexual yeah. rumblings? Yeah. You know? I love that you called it, first of all, sexual grumblings, <laughs> which made it sound like a grumpy guy who's in a sexual mood, you know? I don't even know how that sounds. Like, oh, yeah, I'd like to, uh, I'd like yeah. to do it with somebody right now. These <laughs> kids today. have so much uh, to do. I have to do, and I have to do the yard first, cause, uh, but I'd sure like to do it with someone. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that means, but I'm, uh, yeah, there's not much to say. When you have Jeff Goldblum and you've managed to capture a Jeff Goldblum in the wild mm -hmm. and you get it to, uh, to talk, um, it's it's an event. It's a real event. And, and to that point, this introduction is about the interview. The interview itself is something like, I think, 70 minutes long. Mm. And we do a segment at the end of this episode where we just talk about how wonderful that interview was. So yeah. this is an all Goldblum episode. Yeah. Really and you know what? When I say all Goldblum, I don't hear one complaint. No. No one's going to stop me on the street and say that was too much Goldblum. No. Um, and set your filters, your Goldblum filters to high. <laughs> Because you want to get all the Goldblum as oh, it comes yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah. Was it 70 minutes just the part where he goes, my name is Jeff Goldblum and I'm, and I, 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 I feel like that alone was, was incredible. like So the listeners minutes. will have already heard that moment. Yeah. And that was, I think, three minutes and 46 seconds for him <laughs> to say, hi, my name is Jeff Goldblum. And ultimately I feel, I think he said drenched something like, like who knows drained and drenched all i know is that once it was over um i had no memory of what had happened <laughs> i knew that i had uh you know had an orgasmic high but yeah. i didn't know what happened yeah and i think i put it out to the listeners listen to this jeff goldblum interview and afterwards i doubt anyone's gonna know what was said i don't you guys said so many names of shows and so many actors I had never heard of. And all three of you were like, oh my God, that guy was the best. <laughs> like, it was just like constant splooging over like 70s okay, let's obscure shows. Okay, come on. You, you, you were just doing a whole sex thing about grumblings. Sex, a grumpy sexual uh, guy. And you're telling me to clean it up because well, I, I didn't said say splooge? I didn't say splooge. I didn't talk about... You guys, what you guys did all the whole interview. It's true. I mean, splooging. she's just saying the facts. That's so <laughs> true. We did. Yeah. We Can you change that to squeegee and edit? <laughs> no. So it just becomes squeegee? You guys were just squeegeeing each other. Uh, that, to me, feels erotic. I didn't say each other. I said you were, just every time someone would say, oh yeah, do you remember this one actor who was in one show for three episodes? You were like, oh my God, that guy was the best guy I've ever heard of in my life. That's what I, that's Who's what I Who's splooging around you that talks that way? <laughs> Never, that's not what it's, that didn't at all sound like a guy who was about to ejaculate. That in no way, your guy who was about to ejaculate was like, yeah, so anyway, I'm going to go get a sandwich. And, ah, ah, oh my God, I just came. <laughs> who, who, who the fuck is that guy? You've been hanging out with Bruno the Splooger? Yeah. I can't. He just has orgasms when he least expects it. <laughs> anyway, so I think what we're going to do is get a guy in here to rivet the beam. You need a good riveter because the rivets have to be hot too because they got to go into the eye beam. And, oh, oh, God. Oh, fuck. Some people have narcolepsy. I got splugilepsy. Oh, my, I got splugilepsy. Oh, I don't know. This year, I think the Mets are going to go all the way. I'll tell you what it is. It's infielding. If you can keep the ball in the infield. Oh, 
Oh, fuck! Oh, oh fuck! Oh, I had to take my earphones oh, off. Oh, fuck! I was talking about infielding. I thought I was safe. Oh, oh Jesus. I love this guy. Yeah. This guy, Bruno the Splooge. <laughs> You're listening to Bruno the Splooge on KXW9. Oh. Uh, all right. All right. Yeah. Well, anyway. On that let's, note. Let's yeah. do this. Let's do this thing. Strap yourselves in. My guest today is an actor who has starred in such movies as Jurassic Park, Independence Day, and Thor Ragnarok. Now he's reprising his role as Dr. Ian Malcolm in the highly anticipated movie Jurassic World Dominion. I To say I'm excited is insane because it's beyond that. Mm -hmm. Delighted, excited, uh, orgasmic. <laughs> to chat with him today, Jeff Goldblum, welcome. Lord, I have to tell you, uh, mm. this is the inaugural uh, podcast yeah. in our new studio yeah, yeah. with uh, a genuine celebrity. We did a little messing around and testing beforehand, but you- Genuine. Genuine. Yeah, like that pronunciation. That's what I say. You, you did Music Man at one point. Oh, I wish I had. I know you did. Genuine. I know you did. Trumpet. Yes, well, you know very well you're in that movie. Yeah. So listen, uh, I must tell you that uh, I can't think of a better person mm. to start this off with than you. You know that you and I have something. A certain frisson. Admit it. Admit it. We have something. Oh, yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> no, and, and a, I will. A frisson, you know what that means. I don't. I think it's French, and it means we're in constant <clears throat> culmination. <laughs> the way you're moving. Yeah. You're moving like <laughs> a <laughs> lascivious snake. Yes. Mm. yes. Bring it out in me. Oh, no, you are. Uh, I've, I, and I've uh, interviewed you many times. You're one of my favorite people to talk to oh. because you have a. Um, an animalistic quality. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I mean that in the nicest way. Which, which animal? Well, I don't know. It would mm, be a panther? reptile, I believe. I think a panther. No, 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 no. Because it has a long darting tongue. Oh. I know that he can hit a fly at, at great lengths. Uh, <laughs> You are, and you're a combination of animals. You are a panther, but you are also a lizard. Of course, the fly, we must add the fly in there. Mm. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> you just reminded me, I had, do you remember your dreams? I had a dream last night. I wrote down some of it, but I didn't remember until just this moment, this thing about the tongue. Somebody last night in my dream had a tongue that was very, very long and it came out completely. It, they, he, I don't know. The tongue detached it, from the it mouth? Detached. It was a detachable long tongue. Yes. Um, you know, apropos of nothing. Well, well first of, of all. Of interest to nobody, but uh, <laughs> but you just, but that's true. And I had, forget that, what the hell am I doing with that? The, um, <laughs> yes, yes. I, I wrote these down madly as I, before I forgot them this morning. Dream? This is some your dream? Dr yes, some okay, of my dreams. Okay, let me pause for a minute. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, uh, Jeff Goldblum, esteemed actor, is about to, he's related dream that he had last night. Yeah. And I can see that he's written it down. It looks like in Hebrew. I, I don't understand. <laughs> your handwriting is very bizarre. Wow. Do you speak Hebrew? It's very strange. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it is. You can't read that. It's, uh, my yeah. dad was a doctor like your dad was. And, yeah, and it's like Sanskrit. It's crazy. I inherited uh, his uh, uh, thing. No, but uh, th that's what I wrote down. That's right. Should we hear it? Yeah, should we hear the dream? Yeah, you can. Uh, but I, I, I did just remember that, uh, no kidding, that uh, tongue part of it. That was also last night. <sighs> um, uh, this, uh, this old, uh, this, uh, there's nothing funny about these, but it may open a portal into our subconscious, all of us. <laughs> yes, let's hope so. So, Robert Altman, you remember him. I yeah, the great, great director, Robert great Altman. Director. I worked yeah. with him a few times. Sure. Um, Name dropper? 
Well, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, in any case, he was, he appeared in my dream. We were kind of in a hospital situation or something. And he appeared all of a sudden, to my astonishment and delight, alive. Right. He's now dead, low these several years. and um, But he was alive, young and radiant with his, I think they were his sons. And they were kind of sneaking him in and out of this thing. And I said, look at you. Because he'd, I guess... I, I, I intuited right. I inferred right away. He'd, he'd, he had uh, faked his death oh, yeah. for some oh, reason. Yeah. He seemed sly and delighted. And uh, and, sh- and it was just now our secret. And he said, yes, be prepared for me to stay at your house. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> and then they left. That, that was, was the dream. That was one sequence. That's that sequence. The second sequence was, listen to this, I was in some kind of strange but heavy equipment pod that was deli- <laughs> that was delivering us up a mountain, out the outside of, to view the, uh, the, a mountain, and it was the Alps. I think it was the Alps of right, some kind, right. the Swiss Alps. You're in some kind of craft viewing the Alps. Yes, and each of us in a separate pod. My wife, Emily, was in a pod a little bit away from me, and we were all experiencing this separately, And but we could see a wonderful view of these mountains as they got higher and higher, and it was like the high highest peak on earth as we got further we saw these old castles kind of you know places and that was amazing and wonderful then we got higher and higher until finally it kind of leveled out and we knew we were at the top of the world and then and it was amazing and everybody was kind of oh you know in awe and then before it started down the other side like a roller coaster we were like that and then it started and it was a, a harrowing <gasps> Uh, you know, ride that seemed like that. I kind of retreated inside an inner compartment in this pod in kind of a bathroom. And then I said, I'm missing it. I thought to myself, I'm missing it. So I went back up and kind of got some of it. That was it. And then uh, it was over. We all, I missed my wife. I missed the group. And I seemed to be by myself uh, left behind somehow. Couldn't find them. So I was like left behind. That's the second wow. part of the dream. Okay. Kind of. Yes. Let me say quickly, Freud had, this, <laughs> Freud had this theory that dreams have meaning. And we now know that Freud was wrong. <laughs> that has no meaning. This yes. is insanity. There's no, there's nothing that opened no portal. There's nothing there. Robert Altman returns from the dead and wants to stay at your home. And he's being sneaky and you're in a hospital. Then you're in a pod. You're observing the Alps. Uh, you go up one side and down the other after spending a brief interval in the bathroom. Um, what's the last one? The last one, this may <laughs> make sense of the whole thing. Um, I was doing kind of a talk show or a podcast of some kind. It's mm-hmm. not curious to oh, think some that kind. I, was I guess there are so many thinking. None well, would come to the mind of a uh, Jeff not, Goldblum. Not, none like this. This is uniquely tippity toppity. That's how it relates to the second one. This is the crest. This is the summit Very of nice. podcastery. Ah. Thank you. Podcastery. Yes. <laughs> we are the summit of podcastery, sir. <laughs> the um, and so I, but I was going to perform in some way or being asked to perform, I wasn't kind of prepared or happy about it. And then the woman producer type, you know, laid on me some things that I wasn't prepared for. She said, oh, yeah, you're going to ha- you're going to be talking to, to um, Diane Keaton and Ron Howard. And we're going to try to get you to get him to dance. Oh. And I said, nothing's right. The microphone isn't right. I have the pen. I have nothing. There's nothing right. And how long am I going to do this? I, I said, I didn't know. She said, oh, another, you know, a couple hours. Well, that's all together. That's five hours. That's two. That's so it's this is like a steady job. This is like a full time job. Right. 
yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, okay. I was not happy about it. Well, I'll tell you what. So you had a dream the night before coming here yeah. about doing a long podcast yeah. with a red-haired celebrity, Ron Howard, <laughs> and uh, Diane Keaton, yes, a.k.a. Sonam Obsession. Oh, and so Yes, yes. Obsession, yeah. And then finally, I said, there was a guy with great, big, bushy eyebrows. Let's see if I'm prescient oh, at all. No, must no. Must be me. I mean, I trim them, but they could comb into my hairline if I needed them. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, he was bad. And I said, what's your I said, what's your name? Yes. Well, I want to learn everybody's name first and last. He said, last. He was kind of, uh, you know, taken aback by that. And then I said, yes. And there was a big crew around. And I said, yes, I think I should learn everybody's name. In fact, I think if it were up to me, we'd all be wearing name tags. They seem to be happy about that. Da, da, da. that that's about all of that. That's that drink. <laughs> now, listen. Wow. Um, don't lose that sheet of paper. Okay. Okay. We can't have that lost to time. Okay. We need to um, frame that. Yeah. yeah that is, uh, you know. Here's what I'll say about you, Jeff. I never know what you're going to say. I never know what you're going to do. Um, you are feral. You are uh, a man that runs on instinct. You don't, uh, and, and you're very much, I think, attuned. You should see the faces he's making right now. You're very much attuned to the universe. And I feel like you are constantly in the now. Is this correct? I aspire to presence, and yes, I'd like to be, yeah. I'd like to be here and now. That would be great, yeah. Yeah. Yes, and you, that you've made a, you've devoted your life to the technology of uh, the here and now, I believe. Isn't well, that also correct? Well, I, I don't think I have at all. I don't know what you're talking about. I've- uh, yeah, You do so, you yeah. don't <laughs> deny it. Okay, all right. Uh, By the way, here, this, 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 um, I, I, let me mention something. You know, I did, there is such a thing as, I, you, you go to, I don't know whether you're, you go to therapists and you've talked about dreams or interested in dreams, mm -hmm. but there's a kind of, there's a thing called dream work. This may be of no interest to you, but there's a thing, but it occurs to me, there's a thing called dream work whereby this may not seem like it has any relevance to anything or yes. makes any sense, but um, there are those who think, and I did it once uh, with a good teacher, Sandra Seacat, um, that Laura Dern turned me on to, um, whom Laura Dern turned me on to, that you, you go to bed before the night of a, before you need an answer to something. You say, dear inner self, you write a letter, please give me an answer to something about this character that I'm playing or my right, life or right. aspect of this relationship. And you have a dream. And then you go to this dream coach and they go and you go, well, here's what it is. I wrote it down. It doesn't seem to have anything to do with the play or bagaga. And they go, well, not at first, but how about this? And they open you up to consider the possibilities yes. of how your subconscious may be informing your activities my, and your uh, questions. My, what do you think of that? My, my mother-in-law, a yeah. lovely woman and very smart woman, is a uh, therapist. And Liza's she, mom. Yeah, Liza's mom. And she believes that um, dreams have, all dreams have meaning. And if you have a dream and you tell her, you know, she starts to pick it apart. I'm often having dreams that I defy anyone to make sense of mm. right. because it just seems like random mush. Mm -hmm. It really does. It's yep. just, uh, and then I realize that most of my life I'm speaking in random mush. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, yeah. That so maybe they're related. Maybe, they're, maybe they are related. Yeah, and you get fertile material in your dream life or not. You know, I, I, I don't know about this. I'm not advocating for one. I don't know how I feel about it. If you tell me dreams are just a kind of a weird, you know, you know, discharge of your, you know, nocturnal, you know, Well, no, there, there are nocturnal discharges. That's a separate category. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, there are. There just oh, frankly I, are. I know there are. Yeah. What's that? I, okay. I just, just don't think we need bring them up. No. No, no, I wasn't going to bring them up. I was just going to say it's a common term, nocturnal discharge, that, and, I, and I wanted to make sure that people didn't misunderstand what yeah. Jeff was saying, uh, that you yes. are separating the two. Right. Uh, yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and if we were not on air and I were more given to the ribald. 
Or, I would, or Ribald. Or Ribald. Oh, I, I don't know. Well, I, I, what do you think? Ribald? Well, he said genuine. Yeah, yeah genuine. I'm allowed to. I, as the host of the show, I'm allowed to. Make up your own. Make up the <laughs> final laws on all pronunciations. Really? But please, continue way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. So, uh, we, well, my point is that I'm not going to continue into something. The whole thing that I just thought of. Uh, I'd about. love it if you would. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't really. be afraid of yeah. being ribald. We are uh, all adults here. And um, this adults. is this, and and I will say this is a safe space. Yeah. All right. No, I shouldn't. Well, you know. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. When I was young, you know, twelve, thirteen, I think it happened. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's all. I'll, that's all I'll say. And uh, you well, know. that seems young. Is all I'm going to say. Really? Yes. What? I was 37. Yeah. Oh. For me for the first time. Oh God! Yes. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. So no, no. Awkward. I was really watching them wrap up Seinfeld, and I just it happened. <laughs> uh, um, I'm sorry. That's, that's very good. late bloomer. I am. Um, you know, you have speak like Yoda. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Late bloomer. Late bloomer. I am. Late bloomer. I am. <laughs> Discharge late. It came. <laughs> Oh, no. uh, Three thousand years old I was. Seattle. <laughs> by the way, by the way, I'm such big fans of yours. I've been watching a lot of, not just for my conscientious research purposes, but just for my own entertainment. Often I go to YouTube and see. I've seen hours and hours and hours <gasps> of your content foolishness oh i like to call God. it e- everything oh, that's nice i, I like to think love of you all. out there so watching it. I, I i really i really am so oh. i know i know you know what i think is something you. that makes me very oh. happy is that none of our comedy was ever really about anything no that's <laughs> so for sure. you can see something from 25 years ago and it doesn't relate to any specific topical thing in the news yeah. and other than the fact that my uh my head hasn't rotted yet in those <laughs> clips um <laughs> people can laugh at them all over again which makes me happy uh oh! You you put on your specs. He's examining and, well, your are you examining head? my, yeah. my yeah, yeah. head? Yeah, Now that you brought it up, you all look great. You know, just great. Well, please, oh. you can tell that this. I have one of those Irish heads that uh, bloats as it gets older. <laughs> You've said, I know. No, I, this is true. You know, uh, no, you leave a looking. gourd. You leave a gourd in the sun <laughs> uh, long enough, and then <laughs> Conan, and then winter comes, and you have yourself a Conan. That's what happens over time. But uh, you. I will say this. Uh, I, I love talking to you because you're staring at me and you're examining every- I like your glasses. I like your glasses. You know, why, I know why, I, you know why? Last I like- we had a conversation, I yes. think I introduced you to these- You did. Oh, this, this now, company, yeah. I, will, I will admit freely nice that my thing. style guru and my lifestyle guru- is Mr. Jeff Goldberg. Yep. And I'll tell yep. you why. He yeah. is a tall, good-looking drink of water. And whenever he's wearing something, I think, well, wait a minute. We have somewhat similar... Mm. Uh, well, well, hold on. Okay. Sona's about to really <laughs> correct me. Let's say I Jeff had been right. in an accident at some point. <laughs> then Jeff and I would be very similar. That's all I'm saying. You guys have very different vibes. Well, no, I'm not talking about the vibes. Okay. I'm talking just about when he is a tall man and he knows how to dress. Right. And I love, so during commercial breaks, often, often when he was on the show, people always wonder, what do you talk about with people? I can always tell you what I'm talking about with Jeff yeah. in a commercial break. I go right to... Oh my God, that those shoes and you know I have large feet and you have large feet and he'll say oh 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 oh, oh my oh my boy oh oh yes yes well. and then so I remembered once uh, you came out and you were wearing these wonderful glasses that yeah. that you really carried off well and I said I must wear those glasses yeah and I asked you and you acted as if you were telling me 
where the secret <laughs> ring was that would unlock the universe. You went, oh, 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 oh my boy. Oh, yes, yes. Jacques, Jacques Marie. Uh, what is it, Limage? Jacques Limage, yeah. Yeah, Jacques Limage. Oh, and he said, oh my boy, I'll call ahead, I'll call ahead. And then you described going downtown and there's a secret knock and a, a corridor and a passageway. And sure enough, they're the greatest glasses. Did yeah. you go, how'd you get them? Did you go to see Jerome? I went with, I went with Sona. Yeah. Sona came You went to me. Jerome, to that yes. studio? Oh yeah, yes. and he, I'm sure he uh, uh, greeted you and met you and oh, showed you everything. Oh, he was wonderful. They yeah. were, everybody was wonderful. But uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I have done this several times. You once, we were uh, doing something together that was not my project and not your project. We were recording something together. I remember the day, and I, I do. Uh, and you walked yeah. in and I always couldn't, I could never find jeans. I have a very... Um, unusual build, I'll say. And um, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, anyway, oh, what the so, sorry. What's your inseam? Like, what's, what's your leg? We have long leg. You have a fine leg, I think. What's your inseam? I have a very long leg. We'll say it together. Ready? Here's our inseam. One, two, three. Thirty-six. I'm a thirty-six. Thirty-six. Yeah. What? Is it really? No, I were a thirty. Well, I was afraid. I I was afraid to go. I have a very. I have a long inseam, and so. I, um, so anyway, I see this gentleman come in and he's wearing these amazing jeans. And I said, oh my God, Jeff, where'd you get those jeans? He went, oh, oh, well, oh my boy. Oh my boy. Oh, good. Oh, and he went, oh, mm, oh my boy, you simply must. Mm, oh, and then, and then you said, and then you said, and then you said, I'll never forget. You said the Schaefer Garment Hotel. That's right. What? And it's yeah, this Robert place. Schaefer. Yeah. You said, yeah. oh, the Schaefer Garment Hotel. And I go there and you said, just go, just go. So I go. And of course, it's the coolest people in the world. And yeah, they have like cool. an old denim machine. What? And it's like the amazing. John Wick Hotel, but for clothes. Yes. Yes, it is. It's the John Wick Hotel, except just for jeans. Oh, my. And how about just, the hat maker in the, oh, in the oh, back? Oh, there's a guy there wearing like Slash's hat. And he's like, I'll make you one of these. And I went, well, I don't know <laughs> if I can carry that off. There's a dog that's in the store. Yeah, that's right. Do you know who I ran into there once? Uh, I was with Emily. We went there to pick up a pair of jeans or a hat or something. And um, it was just us and Bob Dylan. Oh, my <gasps> God. Yes, because he got his hats from that guy. Oh. Uh, I saw him out of the corner of my eye. I kept, I had important business. I was talking about hats. And he came in. And before I could say anything to him, he left. But I think Emily, I don't know if she said anything. Wait, he, you didn't go up to him? No, no. I wish I had. Bob I Dylan. think I... Um, I, I mean, I've told this before, but I met him once. Oh. I got pushed to the front of the, I was, uh, I went to see some concert of his and I was backstage and someone pushed me to the front of a line and there he was, the great Bob Dylan. And it's my one chance to meet him. And he, and he, uh, all this conversation stopped and Bob Dylan looked at me and he went, I know you from the TV. <laughs> I heard it's oh, that's right. true. Yeah. It's true. It, the TV. TV. He said, I know you from the TV. And just then... Uh, the other person backstage was Vice President Al Gore. And so I, all I hear is, I know you from the TV. And then I hear, Conan, Conan, it's me, Al Gore. <laughs> and then I'm like, what? What is this event? And I go, what? <laughs> we're, all there for, we're all there for a concert to see Bob Dylan perform. And, oh. he, and he goes like, I love rock and roll. You know, and, and suddenly he's talking to me and, and I see Bob Dylan scuttle away. I was cock blocked. 
with oh. Bob Dylan by Vice President Al Gore. That's a true story. If you had told me that that wasn't a true story, but that was a dream you had last yes. night, yes. it would be just as credible. Yeah, and then, uh, <laughs> trust me, I wanted to detach Gore's tongue from his body to get him to stop yapping at me. He, uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, all due respect to the former Vice President and, of course, a leading figure in climate prevention change. Um, just another nocturnal emission happening. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know what? He does this to me. He, Jeff Goldblum well, does this to me. He, un, wrong. he yeah. unmans me. Yeah. You're just bewitching, and this is joyous. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it it down I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loudspeaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone (laughs) cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. Yeah. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm-hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. (laughs) 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time, don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah, and we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up, and I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Conan. When I'm around you, uh, oh, look, I'm take a sip. Everything, Isn't it really something? Everything he does yeah. is perfection. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you just want to take a sip and it's like there's a golden liquid in there, but I know it's just something... <laughs> Okay. Looks like ginger ale or rum. I don't know. No, it's um, uh, green tea that they made for me here. Mm. But um, I know how you despise um, ice drinks. Oh! 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 Of course, I heard that whole... I've I've seen every... I've heard every episode. Every episode. I don't know if we should be excited or horrified that you're coming. You know our deepest, I know everything. Everything. I have to say... We're terrible people. Jeff, you know, we really are an awful lot... You can do oh, better than us, Jeff. You know what? You can sip any day because yeah, everything you... Mike. Listen, listen. Yeah, listen, listen. Oh, my God. Oh, that is Jeff Goldblum oh. sipping. That's right. Oh, my God. You're the best. Yeah. Uh, you know You know what's interesting to me? Um, there is a... Uh, there's a sensuality that you exude mm-hmm. about... See, even with the smallest gestures, yes. a sensuality. And then I find, and I'm quite comfortable in my sexuality... But I find um, that when I'm around you, uh, I'm open for anything. I really oh. am. Yeah. I, I, I am. I'm just I, saying I that. I'm, I'm open. And, and, and Matt is yeah. as well. We're just yeah. up for I'd it. I'd like to offer myself as a sacrifice oh. in some way. Wait, yeah. you mean like if Jeff invited you to like a weird sex party, you'd be like, oh. Okay. You, know how, you know how uptight I am. Yes. Right? That's, but that's if why Jeff I'm Goldblum said, um, oh, this, uh, come with me into this special sanctum and I want you to introduce, me to, introduce you to my secret friends and it's going to be. <laughs> Um, but first you must apply this wax and oil. I would do it. I would do it because he's that. And it's going to be Diane Keaton, Ron Howard, and Robert Altman. And yes. Bob Dylan yeah. and yeah. Al And Bob Gore. Dylan's yeah. going to see me and go, I know you from the TV. I'm just going to know you in a whole as, different way. <laughs> and then I'm just about to get it on with Bob Dylan when I'm going to hear, Conan, Conan. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Vice President Al Gore. <laughs> <laughs> Very erotic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, this this little packet that we're in. Don't you love this? Is this the first? Uh, this, this is, is first the first day. time. Yeah. Well, I yeah. love this blue it's blue nice, velvet yeah. uh, purse that we're in. You know, it's like a sex panic room. Yeah. What? Yeah. With microphones. Have you ever been in a sex panic? <laughs> sex. I have. Uh, yeah, I have been in a sex panic <laughs> myself. Yeah. 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 I, 
See, that's the problem. That's why I envy you. Is is, uh, is <laughs> I don't think Jeff would ever be in a sex panic. Jeff Goldblum no. would never be in a sex panic. No. I am in a constant. Even when yeah. there's nothing sexual happening, I'm in a sex panic. I'm constantly yeah. in my own head. Well, he's the antidote because he could be a sex bomb to your sex panic. <laughs> this yes. is not a sex not whisperer. Coming. Yes, sex whisperer. Sex, whisperer. sex bomb. Sex bomb. Who 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 did that song? Sex bomb. It wasn't bomb, but it was bomb. Oh yeah. Was sex it, uh, bomb. B-50 no, it was no. a big hit in Europe, particularly during these couple of years that I remember. Sex bomb, sex bomb. <laughs> you only remember a couple of I years? Think we got it yeah, no, during these couple of this is when it was a hit. He's looking it up. When it was a hit, I, I was in Europe making a movie and it was on all the time, but yeah, I don't think it made its bomb. way across the pond. And there was a video. I'll give you a clue. That same singer is not unusual. Oh, Tom to, Jones? Oh, yeah. Tom That's Jones, right. exactly. Yeah. What James Bond uh, Thunderball. Oh, yeah. yeah, but James Bond And they call And they strike strikes like Thunderball. Do you know that. that Johnny Cash did a rejected Thunderball theme song? Did I did not know that. that. I didn't well, know that. He did unsolicited, sent it to them, and they went, We never asked for this. It was not that song, it was a, his own his song. Own you know, song. can I say something? Yeah. And this is to be because uh, I know a lot about Johnny Cash, I revere him. Yeah. He sent in a lot of unsolicited songs. He was constantly uh, sending in like Prell shampoo, Alpo dog food. He was what? constantly, yeah, he was constantly sending in, I've got a different way you could go with that oh. song. Um, uh, Purina cat chow, 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 chow. I can't a, not even. True. I believed you for a second. Right. Now I feel really dumb. Right yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're kidding. You know kidding. the best part of waking up no, is lifting in your it. cup. You yeah. know that no. sent, uh, Johnny first, Cash first sent it in. <laughs> he did it in that Johnny Cash way. Yeah, he first sang that song you look sharp, feel sharp, be sharp, ring a burning fire, ring a down, 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 a burning ring of fire. stuck on band aids, cause band aids stuck on me. He did the Oscar Mayer song. Mabaloni has a first name, it's OSCR. Mabaloni has a second name. Oh, and you know what? I mean, no, no, wasn't that, wasn't the Oscar You know what? The sad last thing he did. No. Before he passed away, was the car no, for kids jingle? No. Oh, yeah, man. I don't know that jingle. Oh, Sing it. One eight hundred cars for kids, something yeah. like that. Oh, that. Okay. Yeah. No, but I think the Oscar Mayer thing was. I'd like to be an Oscar Mayer wiener. Oh, I'd like to be an Oscar yeah. Mayer wiener. I want to. Yes, I'd like to be an Oscar Mayer wiener. That is what I really like to be. Yeah. I'd like to be. Now all the kids would be in love with me. I fell into a burning ring of fire. Just so you know, to be fair, that most jingles that you love were written by Johnny Cash. That's true. Unsolicited. He would just send them in. But he did do the Thunderball. This is how we got started. Uh, Dropping mental breadcrumbs. He did... Send in the thunder, you say. And it sounds like a typical Johnny Cash song, except it has kind of like John Barry horns in it. Mm. It's really something. Yeah. I love that. I love that Thunderball. I was right at the right age for yeah. that because I'd consumed Dr. No from Rush With Love, Goldfinger. Yeah. I was so ready for Thunderball. Yeah. Boy, is, that was great. He, he, is he your favorite Bond of all time? Uh, 
Yeah. I'm going to say, for me, it's Sean Connery, but Daniel oh, Craig yeah. that's is, exactly, right, yeah. is that, right there with him. And I thought that, no one exactly could right. do that. Yeah. I thought yeah. no one could. Yeah. Sean Connery was so incredible. Fantastic. When he peaked, when he went to the summit of the Alps, after Thunderball, I think, nothing against Sean Connery, those movies, yeah. it started to... He was phoning it in a bit. Wither, yeah. And by the time he got to Jill St. John and... Diamonds, uh, are, Diamonds are forever. Diamonds yeah. forever. Mm. Yeah, you know, not my favorite. Uh, and then I've never been happier in my life right now. I know, you're, you, this is, uh, is right a, up your he, alley. You're, this is, I'll tell you, Matt Gorley is a Bond fanatic and a huge Jeff Goldblum fan. Yeah. Now he's in a room, they've both come together, oh. and he's having a nocturnal emission. I, oh my God, there's so many emissions happening. A diurnal emission all day long here. This is <gasps> it really, what? Yeah. The what? The what? Diurnal? Diurnal. The, oh, is that the daytime? The, the diurnal? I believe so. Di diurnal. Di diurnal. 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 I believe I know that song. Johnny Cash first sent okay, that in. Okay, listen. You have. Uh, yes. He's, he for, you know he submitted what? all my. Bar mitzvah song. Oh, yeah, I know what, you know what makes perfect. You know what makes perfect. I fell into a burning ring of. It's becoming more Elvis. It's becoming more Elvis. Uh, than I never oh said god. I was the perfect. Uh, uh, you know. Oh my god! You know you are you are a terrific jazz musician, and I'm bringing this up for a reason. I think to understand. Jeff Goldblum, which is impossible, but to really understand what makes this man tick, I think is your love of jazz. You mm. are constantly improvising in the moment and tuned into that crazy galaxy that real jazz musicians are tuned into. And a good friend of mine just went and saw you perform the other night and said that you were fantastic. Really? That's yes. very nice. That's very encouraging. Thank you. Yeah, we played the Disney Concert Hall. Yes. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, two couple nights ago. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is, am I, am I correct that that there's something about music you're I just feel like you're in tune with some jazz musical score all the time yeah, yeah. is that do you think that's and this is a compliment by the way thank you so much I like well I aspire to it I'm a humble student of jazz and of the technology of presence in all its various ramifications in the podcast world, in the but jazz you know, world, in the musical world, and everything. Oh, I had thought, by the way, aren't there, has, hasn't anybody sung songs, a snippet of song about friendship uh, as you're still looking for friends? By the way, mm. how, how many friends do you need? You've been looking for, how long have you been looking for friends now? You, how many have you found by this time? Well, well, <laughs> Jeff, they don't often take. That's the problem. Oh. I am... Um, I don't wear well over time. That's one of the problems. Yeah, but I feel that we are, you know, sometimes plants, they have to graft. They have to graft into each other is what you're yes, saying. Yes, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I think we have. We need we to have, graft into each other. Yes, we oh. need to very, very much. Yeah, but th think of, do you know any songs about friend, friendship? Well, the the song that, you know, we are going to be friends uh, that uh, White Stripes did, Jack, Jack White. Oh. Um, he's a good friend of mine. And that's the song I Name wanted. Name dropper. <laughs> He wrote, the song, he wrote the song back. with Jeff Altman. Uh, oh, Jeff Altman. Robert Altman, sorry. Oh. Uh, anyway. Um, Fall is here, hear the yell. You sing like a nightingale. I love your voice. When, you know, when you're not- you really uh, like when my you're voice? Not, uh, when you're not doing that, you have a beautiful, authentic, conversational, delightful voice. Yeah. Can I say something? You must. Uh, I, I'm always so self-conscious that I put trills and foolishness yeah. in there. But you and just- I never just sing. You, ju you yeah. just sang, and I loved it. Yeah. Silent night. No, he's oh. oh, is that- I, You're going to do a thing. Holy night. All is calm. Yeah, he's doing no, it. No, it's doing it again, right? Yeah, he's yeah, doing take, it again. Yeah, all is pride. Try to take all the, the, um, the, no, the vibrato out of it. 
sleep. No, yeah, no. Now, I mean, you yeah. can't no, be normal. No, but you were just singing. So sing that whatever you you want to sing, like the other voice. That that's it. Uh, let's see. You, uh, you, you, you've got a friend. Oh no, I can't sing that song. How um, about the Jason or, Isbell song you sang to us that time? That yeah. Year oh What's yeah. What's um, 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 oh yeah. Um, how does that go? It goes. Uh, Never could be happy in the city at night. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, can't see the stars for the neon lights. Beautiful. Sidewalks dirty and the river's worse. Underground trains all run in reverse. Nobody here can dance like me. Everybody claps on the one and the three. Am I the last of my kind? Am I the last of my kind? That's the song. very moving, very, very beautiful. Nice. Wow. Boy, beautiful. you should do you should do a whole album of songs that way. I'd love to hear you do that. He that, can't uh, do it. I can't do it. I just, you know, you two are just locked in eye contact. I know, but, I know. but can I tell you well, something? I went, can I you, tell you something, Jeff? I I I, uh, I couldn't, and I'm supposed to, and I want to write a song with Amy Mann. Mm. Right. Yeah, and I love Amy Mann. About it. I adore Amy Mann, I and I'm too. intimidated by Amy Mann's talent. Mm-hmm. But um, we promised to write a song together, and then the last thing she said to me, I said, yeah, I'll do it. And she said, you know, it's just got to be something, like, sincere yeah. and um, something that you really want to say. And I was like, oh, yeah. oh, you that's not going to happen. You could do it. No, no I can't. can't. I can't. Sona, will you no. tell them, please, I was over. on the edge of my seat the entire time you were singing because I thought he was going to go into some bit and, like, do something with your voice. Things eventually become a they, bit. It's a bit. It's a, you're, you're like joking around. Well, who knows where it will be consumed or how it should be presented, but just for your own, just for, you know, just just do it. I'd love to hear, just for yeah, me, me too. and for Sona and for us, I'd love to hear you do it. And you don't have to jettison your comedic force of nature. You could be surprising and do one like that and one like that and one like that, but that's a very useful part of your toolbox, hmm. in my opinion, and a very well, enjoyable one. That's Well, yeah, that's very nice. Uh, I'm curious about something because we have so much in common, not just our incredible height and physiques, oh, not Jesus and Christ. not just our successful, <laughs> incredibly successful careers, uh, both of us, uh, as, uh, as, as, as actors. My point is that we both, and you mentioned this earlier, both of us, uh, both of our fathers, doctors. Yes, right. Mm. And I, I don't know, there's this couple of similarities there. I'm fascinated by this idea that sometimes a salmon just knows it has to swim upstream. I don't know why, but somehow you knew yeah. when you were a kid, yeah, a kid that yeah. you needed to be an actor. You needed to yes. be a performer. Yep. I did. I did. Uh, yeah, around 10, you know, we started to go to children's theater. And, and I was like, what are they doing? Who is that? What are they doing backstage? And I'd be very excited, you know, just to go. And then around ninth and 10th grades, I went to this uh, summer session of Carnegie Mellon University and took real lessons. And, right. um, right. and uh, you know, oh, no, but before that, yes, I went to Chatham Music Day Camp around uh, fifth grade and was in this show. And uh, my dad had said, if you have to find something you love to do, that maybe is a key to your vocational choice wisely. And that night they said, so how'd you like that? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I liked it. But I kept it secret because there was no, you know, I kept it secret. I wanted to be an actor. And certainly in school, I was a well-behaved, good boy. And nobody would have thought that I would do anything like that, except that I played piano here and there. So that was it. Yeah. And he was a doctor. But I must say, I don't know. What kind of doctor, by the way? uh, Internal medicine, kind of of a family doctor. Got it. Got it. But, uh, you know, people, his uh, patients loved him. And he would always kind of keep up on his studies and this and that. And, um, you know, he liked medicine. But early on, supposedly the story goes, he 
when he wanted to decide what he was going to do, he was either going to be a doctor or an actor. He he had the idea to be an actor. And then he stuck his head in the back of a class and thought to himself, this is out of my league, whatever that meant. Uh, So he was a a, a doctor. But so he was a little bit tickled when I. Of course. Yeah. Did he? And and he got to see you become Jeff Goldblum, the, the big deal. You know, uh, no, not such a big deal. Not even a big deal now. But he got to see me start to, because things started to happen quickly. He died like in 83, before, around the time I did The Big Chill. But he saw a few movies before that and some plays. And I remember I did a play called City Sugar, where I was the lead. I was a, a, a radio uh, guy in England with an English accent, a, a, a Stephen Polyakov play called City Sugar. And uh, and I did it at this off-Broadway show. He went to see, when he came backstage, and he was not like this, he was burst into tears oh, and oh, threw wow. his arms around oh, me. Wow. Yeah, like wow. that. I wow. know, wow. I know. Well, I can't relate. <laughs> uh, anyway. I don't mean to interrupt, but I just realized something that's, speaking of when you knew you wanted to do something, when I was a very young boy, my dad took me to downtown LA because that's where he used to work. First celebrity sighting was a sh- something being shot. A warehouse door opens up, outruns Ben Vereen, and then outruns Jeff Goldblum okay, shooting 10-speed and Brown. Okay, shoot. and I was going to bring this up, that the first time we met... I am was um, TV was my was our life preserver when yeah. we were kids, and my my brothers Neil and Luke and I were really into what's the new show, what's the new show, and we're constantly looking for what's the new show going to be. And it was a big deal back then. Now people are bombarded with TV and streaming all the time. Back in the late seventies, early eighties, uh, you know, it was a big deal. Like ABC is coming out with its lineup in the fall, and you'd. All summer, you'd be excited. You'd yeah. hear rumors about what it was going to be. And CBS is coming out with this and NBC is coming out with that. And there was this show that we heard about called 10 Speed and Brown Shoe. And I, my brothers and I watched it. And it starred Ben Vereen and this guy I'd never heard of before yeah. named Jeff Goldblum. And it was fucking fantastic. So it was so good. Yeah. And I was like, who is that guy? Who's that guy? That guy's fantastic. And then the show didn't last. 13 episodes is yeah. all. Yeah. It was fantastic. Bring it back. And, and, uh, <laughs> Stephen J. Cannell did, yeah, yeah. who had done Rockford Files and uh, uh, many other things. But I and, remember uh, the- la- And what the great, great, greatest American, oh, greatest hero, American you know? hero? Yeah. Uh, well, believe it or not, yeah. I'm walking on air. But da, 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 so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, please don't ask me to sing that one. William, uh, C- William Cat. Johnny but- Cash first sent that in. Walking on air. So I, you know, but it's funny that um, you, we all have, it's so funny that you bring that up, Matt, because that is the first time that I met Jeff Goldblum, uh, I'm using your full name just out of reverence. Um, You know, it would have been a couple of years into the late night show that I met you and you've, you know, you've done, I mean, everything. You'd have been in so many great movies. And I I went back into your dressing room and I was like, 10 Speed and Brown Shoe. And I remembered you were, you were like, oh yeah, 10 Speed and Brown Shoe. Because I thought you might say, oh, well, who cares about that? You know, I've moved on to so many other things. And, but it was such, uh, it really tickled me yeah. when I was oh, a, I don't know, I was like, um, how old would I have been? 14, 15. Well, it was like 1980, I think. So you were born in? I was 16, 17. 16, yeah. 17. Oh, so I was seven when I saw you guys shooting that. 
And I just was baffled by the cameras and that you did it multiple times and going, why are they doing it again and again? Why really? Like you were, how did you wind up there? What, where, where? My where dad we? worked downtown and he would take me to downtown quite a bit. Downtown, downtown LA. What did he do, your dad? He was a division manager for the gas company. Oh, I see. Well, so he also sold drugs. He, he <laughs> major kingpin. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So downtown, no That's kidding. The, and you just happened upon us shooting. No yeah, kidding. And I was, I was just blown away. I remember, you know, it's so funny when you think about these brushes with show business. As we said earlier, I was so far removed from, you know, show business in my childhood. And then I'll never forget, my father came home one day and he said, they're shooting a movie at at my hospital, the uh, Peter Brent Brigham Hospital, which is now Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. It's a big hospital. And he said, they're shooting a scene right outside my office. And we were like, they're shooting a movie in Boston near my dad's, like right outside my dad's office. That's in, that's impossible. That can't be. And so we rushed over there and it was a scene where actor James Coburn just has to walk out and open a car door and get in it and shut the door. And um, it, and he walked out, they go, and action. And so James Coburn walks up and he walks up to the car and it won't open and it won't open. And they go, cut. <laughs> the car has been, someone had locked it with the keys inside. Oh. So then we watch James Coburn just stand there while three, like seven guys crowd around and start with a, with a <laughs> coat hanger trying to open the door. And I got to find out the name of this movie because I wow. guess you can watch it. What year would this have been? This would have been like 1971, we 72. Could, we could look that up. We and, could find um, out. And, uh, and he, trying to un, un, you know, lift up yeah. the door and they couldn't get it. And I thought, this is movie making? <laughs> wow, yeah. What the hell is this? Well, still, one is struck by that when you go to, you know, some movie and there's, you know, all the little things going on. Hey, I'll be, I love James Coburn. You know, I saw the first run of Our Man Flint. Oh, oh my God. In like Flint. Oh, we're yeah. back. Yeah. Oh, Do you yeah. remember how the telephone rang in Lee J. Cobb's office? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I have uh, no idea what okay, you guys this was, this about. was kind of almost almost a takeoff yeah. on James Bond, but yeah, not really. I mean, it was oh, very silly. Derek Flint, Derek Flint. Yeah. And, and then and Austin you, Power had kind of borrowed some things like that, kind of went, what, what went from there. What is the James Coburn movie? I've got to find that I'll out. bet. I'll, let me guess. Mystery. Let me guess. After that, I think after that, he did a movie called The President's Analyst. It, you know, oh, it could have been that. yeah. You know, I remember him talking about it on talk shows. I used to love talk shows when I was in Pittsburgh. I used to tune into, in summer, stay home all day and watch the Mike Douglas show. Go oh, from yeah, Mike, Mike Douglas, Douglas to, you know, Dinah Shore and da, 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 Merv Griffin. And he used to come on. Remember, he was kind of a countercultural hippie yes. actor then. And he used to come on with a turtleneck, you know, or in a medallion or something like that. And his, ah, he used to come on, not just talk, he wanted to play the gong. And he used to, <laughs> he used to bring onto Carson a big, big gong and go, you know, that, that was his act, you know. We had, you know what I love, in the tradition of, just to, just to let people know that we did our best during my late night run to keep the, uh, the madness going. You talked about, you know, how people would just do strange things. Uh, one of the stranger things we did once was we just put out a salt lick on my show to see if we could attract a celebrity. And then you did it so nicely. Out of nowhere, just Jeff, 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 just in the corner, but he does it sort of like a, like a nervous deer. Fu- deer. And he slowly approaches and I'm like, oh, it looks like, 
looks like Jeff Goldblum. Shh, everyone will be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> and he came out. And, and then you like sniffed, you sniffed the salt lick, and then you took a little lick. I remember that being one of my favorite. <laughs> Such like a stupid, I don't uh, care. So James Coburn played the gong with uh, Carson. You know. Yeah, let's see. Uh, let's see you have Jeff uh, Goldblum. What do we got for Coburn? Coburn is the carry treatment. Carrie Treatment is a 1972 American crime thriller film by Blake Edwards Baseball. Yes. Uh, it takes Blake? place in Boston. In Boston. Dr. Peter Carey, played by James Coburn, yes. is a pathologist who moves to Boston where he starts working. Okay, well, I don't at, know it, but uh, Blake Edwards, boy. Well, guess yeah. what? So this is another fun story. My dad's there. Um, I, he, well, this didn't happen when I was there. They kept shooting this right outside my dad's window, and he kept thinking, well, I could look, keep looking under this microscope for a cure to a terrible disease or I could go outside and hang out with these movie folk. So he went outside and he's chatting and he can't believe it, but Blake Edwards is there with his wife, Julie Andrews. Yes. And, and, and a friend of my dad's who doesn't know much because he's always looking in a microscope is talking to Blake Edwards and then he turned to Julie Andrews and said- The friend of your dad's. The friend of my dad's and said, now, now tell me, Miss, what do you do? Oh, oh no. Oh, no. And she said, well, I'm, uh, you know, a, a, an actress as well. And he went, well. And then later on, people told him what the, what he did. And I, the guy, I think, put his head in a cyclotron. Oh, <laughs> it's like that no. scene from Notting Hill when, yeah. uh, you know, Julia Roberts comes in. And, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Hugh Grant's, uh, I know that Robinson. reference. <laughs> yes. Notting Hill. There you go. We're getting like, closer yeah. and closer was to her and references. And when you said Julia Andrews, I was like, yeah, she narrated Bridgerton. So you I know, know her. And you know what? <laughs> well, oh, my God. <laughs> sound of music. Oh my sound God. of music. I'm uh, kidding. I'm you know, kidding. when the, when the uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade, when I lived in New York, uh, we lived uh, on the Upper West Side, and my kids were crazy about seeing, um, you know, the the parade go by. And so I'd always take them. They were little kids to see the parade. And uh, once I'm watching on the television, and we haven't gone down yet, and the parade is going by, and then they said, "And here comes Julie Andrews." I lost my fucking mind. <laughs> I'm at the time, you know, I'm I'm whatever. I'm a 46 year old man. I ran without my kids. <laughs> And I ran all the way down. They were like, where are you going? I was like, ah! And I ran because I wanted to get down there fast. And I saw her go by and I was like, it's Julie Andrews. And I've been on TV at this point, you know, whatever, 12 years. And I'm like, ah, Julie Andrews. I mean, she didn't see me, um, but. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. How about the movie 10? She's in the movie oh. 10, of course, too. But Sound of Music, I saw when it first came out. You know, it was a big deal around that, that year. And I showed it to our kids now. I showed us, we showed Sound of Music. We haven't shown them many movies. Uh, I'm going to show them. They've never been to a movie theater, but I think I'm going to take them to see uh, well, Jurassic World. Are, your kids we, are seven, and, almost seven, and just turned five. Oh my god! Okay, so they're at such a great age, and because of COVID, they've missed out on some of these great experiences. Like going to a movie theater is so that was the biggest thing in the world that could happen to me was to get to go to a movie theater and see a movie. Really? Yeah. And so uh, when I say to you know anyone in my family now, hey, do you want to go see a movie? And they're like, eh. Oh. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. What are you talking about? It's because they can see anything they want at any right, time. Right, right. Oh, yeah, going to a movie theater. I'm about to do, I'm in the, involved in this cycle of publicity for Jurassic Park Dominion. And one of the things we're encouraging people to do, genuinely on my part, is to go out and see it in the movies, you know, of yeah. course. And I made a list because of that. I thought, oh, what are the best times I've ever had in movie theaters in my life? Because it's a, you know, mm -hmm. that's a way to, to 
talk about it. And um, and so I started to remember, and with the help of my sister, too, uh, all the movies I saw, importantly, when I was a kid. And she said, oh, remember this one? And it's been a nostalgia blast. So these, you are, know. Your, these are the movies that really blew you away. Yes, these are the ones we remember. She and I used to go to, they used to drop us off to the Leona Theater, this big, beautiful jewel box of a three-tiered Movie, movie Palace. In Pittsburgh? In Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. West Homestead, a suburb of Pittsburgh. Not downtown. It's a little suburb, but they had this movie theater. And we'd go for, you know, 25 cents, 50 cents or something, whatever tickets were. Get popcorn with butter and salt and hot dogs. So Je- and Jeff Goldblum is about to read a list of his favorite movies. This is heaven. The me. ones that made a big difference that I can oh. remember to this Let's day. Hear Let's hear uh, it. Okay. We saw, see if see if anything these mean anything to you. Uh, the Absent-Minded Professor. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, Fred McMurray, Flubber, yep. all that. Yep. So that made a big uh, impression on me. The Blob. Oh, the original? Which I've seen recently. Steve McQueen, very good. The, his first movie, you know. Uh, now, who was, of course, you'll know who was in all of these movies, which we saw, you know, we saw whatever they that came to there. But during this period, the 60s, you know, early 60s, The Bellboy, Cinderella, Disorderly, oh, Orderly, Visitor, Small, Lewis. Planet, Gay Boy. Of course, The Nutty Professor. Delinquent, delinquent Rockabye uh, Baby Nutty Professor. Yeah. Loved it. Then I got the chance to meet him. Did you ever meet Jerry? I did. I got to meet him. I got mm-hmm. to interview him. That's yeah. so interesting. Well, we could talk all about that. Well, well, did you meet Jerry Lewis? Yes, I did. I was going to play his son in that last movie that he did, uh, Augie R- Rose. Augie Rose? Augie? Oh, n- no, uh, no. Max, Max Rose. Rose. Max yeah. Rose. And um, and so I went to Vegas in order. I was almost going to do it before I got something else and couldn't. Da, 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 da. And um, so I hung out with him in his office in Las Vegas. How was and he? Bonded. Amazing. We could talk for, uh, you know, amazing. He'd made a big, he was big in my childhood and during this period. So massive I was star, yeah. thrilled to meet him. And he was, you know, as you know him at that stage. And great, you know, great and complicated. and Very you know. complicated. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, but those movies, when we were seeing those movies, big deal. The st- Do you know what this movie is? The Sterile Cuckoo? No. <laughs> uh, Liza Minnelli's first, Liza Minnelli's first movie. She plays a kind of a nerdy girl. The Sterile Cuckoo. Sterile Cuckoo, who's coming Terrible name for a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. Nobody wants to, sterility is never yeah. something that draws the, the masses. Yeah. No. Come no. one, come all, bring the family. The sterile cuckoo. <laughs> yeah. That cuckoo's not having children. How about this movie? <laughs> Who knows this? You, I don't think you will. Georgie Girl. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We hey almost there. Our Georgie Girl. Walking down the street, so fancy free, oh, was played by Redgrave. Lynn Redgrave, yep. whom I worked with later, believe it or not. Oh, well, Bridge on the River Kwai. We saw yes. the first uh, viewing of um, a first uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance. Ah, uh, yes, uh, yeah, I love yeah. that. No. Hush, hush, sweet Charlotte. Mm-hmm. How about uh, you know Betty Davis and Joan Crawford together? Uh, Gay Perry, P U R E E, about an animated movie about in an impressionistic style, French impressions about cats. And I think Robert Goulet did a voice. You know, uh, great oh, Doctor No from Russia with Love, mm-hmm. Goldfinger, oh, fantastic Our Man Flint. I have oh, Pink Panther, oh. the first Pink Panther. Oh, now we, yeah. we, now we went to a movie me. theater, yeah. and there was Peter Sellers, never seen before, as Clouseau, Blake Edwards. Unbelievable. I remember the, the day we saw that. Those movies changed my life. Uh, Bobby D and I went, my best friend went to that theater to see Psycho. First time oh, oh, run wow. of Psycho. Unbelievable. And I just spent some time with Jamie Lee Curtis in uh, CinemaCon, you know. You know what's so great about, uh, there was a, there were all these great, they don't do it anymore, but there were these great promotional tricks that they did back in the day to get people to come see movies. And Alfred Hitchcock was a genius at this. So when um, Psycho came out, he had like ambulances 
outside the theaters. And he very much publicized, um, we're gonna have medical personnel yeah. available for people who faint or have seizures during this terrifying movie. And you know, people went mad And for there was it. like a do not be late for this one. Remember right, right. he yeah, would say, don't be let you in after the first. Yeah, yeah, we won't let you in. Do not tell your friends what happened. Yes, exactly. And he did all that stuff. He did it with the birds. He did, he had all these great, I mean, what a great showman he was in addition to being, you know, this incredible. Birds was another movie we saw first run. Loved that day that we saw that. But then we went, oh, I had a crush on this girl. And we went, I went on a field trip hoping to kind of be near her. I had not made any headway. And we saw Hard Day's Night. Yeah. What girl did you have a crush on? Stephanie Ignatz. Oh, I thought you said, oh, oh, okay. I, I thought you meant no, not a crush in the a girl in the movie. No, not like, in the movie. No, those were in, fellas. They just had long hair. <laughs> no. In ninth grade. In ninth grade. No, Stephanie. And she was going, so I was going to tag along too. Have you ever uh, kept up with Stephanie Ignatz? You know, I- um, We have her here today. Uh, <laughs> here she is. A little bit. Oh my bit. God, look so, out. She's when, deranged. Some 10 or 15 years after this period, we got in touch and we saw oh. each other. She went out oh. to California oh. and- uh, you know, I saw her. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. You saw her, but she didn't see you. Huh? Oh, no, you followed her from a distance. Oh, no, no, not okay. like that. They, they okay. saw each no. other. Oh, okay. Yeah, he yeah. closes well, the wasn't deal. like that. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, he I, understands. I'm, oh, I'm making it clear. What I do is I, I yeah. look them up and then I just, uh, I peer at them <laughs> yeah. through shrubbery from right. 50 yards away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, yeah that's my, should, well, when I re- say, oh, I saw her, that's what I mean. Norman Bates, speaking of Norman Bates. Yeah, I know. Through a hole in your office wall. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's got them all over this building. It's so horrible. <laughs> I have to ask you, speaking of movies, we have yes. to talk about, because yeah. in Jurassic Park and this character that you played, uh, yeah. Dr. Ian, yeah. uh, uh, what's the last Malcolm. name? Malcolm. Malcolm, that's right. Malcolm. Yes. Um, you, I mean, God, you nailed that character so much. And now you're coming back and you're assembling with the same people to to bring this these yes. people back to life. Yes, sir. So who else is with you in this? Is Laura Dern? Laura Dern, of course. Uh, the great Laura Dern, the great Sam Neill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the three of us from the first movie are back together for the first time since then. Wow. Right. And we're reunited and have something to do with in this story with Bryce Dallas Howard's character and uh, Chris Pratt's character. But also B.D. Wong is back from the first one. And uh, Omar. That's great. Yeah, isn't that great? And Omar C. from most recently. And um, Daniela Poneda and Justin. To Smith and wait a minute, wait a minute, uh, and new new characters: Dewanda Wise, Mamadou Ache, and um, and Campbell Scott yeah. uh, are in this. Yeah, Isabella Sermon comes back, ever, so it's great. Think about, I mean, this is something that I think would be worthwhile for you to settle with for a second. Is that movies were such a big deal for you growing up? Mm. You've now been in a bunch of movies, and you think about Jurassic Park. Yeah. So many young people that was an eye-opening experience yeah. for them, and yeah. you were a big part of it. Yeah. It's interesting how the the loop closes in a strange way, isn't it? Well, it's fascinating. I'm, I know, it's a dreamy life that I've had. I can't believe it, I'm very grateful, and it's amazing that I have get a chance to be in some movies, in some movies with people, like I've said, that I saw early on. Uh, it is uh, uh, amazing. It's, I have it, to it's say, that, that is something, and I brought this up before, but also I've had a dreamy life, and getting the chance to just, to me, Getting to interact with someone I saw on a movie screen or a television set when I was a child, yeah. nothing tops that. Yeah. And you know, there are all these massive stars that come along later on in life and, and, uh, and it doesn't have the same effect 
as meeting someone like a Dick Van Dyke mm. or mm. meeting someone mm. uh, who was in a movie and a huge deal when you were a kid, like Jerry Lewis, mm. uh, you know, or or you know, yeah, seeing a Julie Andrews on a parade float go by, and even though she's fifty yards away, I can't believe yeah. that that, oh wait, I saw you there yeah. as a child and now you're still here, yeah. life is magic. Amazing. Vincent Price, we saw some Vincent Price movies, then I did, he was in The Fly, the first Fly, which I saw oh, back yeah. then. Oh, I think I saw him right. in a Ralph's later, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you saw Vincent Price at a Ralph's? I do believe so. I think I went up to him and he said, yes, yes. He was, you know, picking out melons or something or from Turkey. Yeah, he was a good chef, you know. Mm. Oh my just, God! Yeah. It's too bad Bill Hader isn't here because he does. Bill Hader oh, does. I love his, Bill his, Hader uh, does the best Vincent Price of all, and he'd be going. You know, he. Yeah. I don't do it, but he'd yeah. be here doing Vincent Price at a Ralph's. Yeah. We should remind a, him of that. Yeah. You yeah. know, we should do. We will be yeah. seeing him soon. Yeah. We should remind him of that because Vincent Price at a Ralph's. And I used to, you know, when I first moved out here to L.A. Yeah, uh, a long time ago in 1988. My brother Neil came out and visited me, and there was a Ralph's across the street, and he kept seeing all these huge stars. He saw Cesar Romero, oh, the Joker, the Joker. And, oh. and he'd be, and he'd come back and he'd go, "I saw him," and I'm like, "What is he? He was buying, uh, he was buying dog food at at Ralph's. He was always going to Ralph's, and he would hang out there, and he would go right up to them and go, "I loved you as the Joker," or "I saw Harry Morgan from Mash," and I, Harry you know, and Morgan. and then he would always tell me what they were buying, you know. <laughs> He was buying a giant thing of beans. You know, it always, it always never matched. Like I saw Cher. What was she getting? Industrial strength toilet cleaner. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I didn't she want to know never. that. She would never. She would never. I was so crazy about the fry. I hadn't met anybody famous or who was in movies when I was a kid. And the first couple of brushes I had. Who did I first? We we went to a on a vacation, and who was staying at this hotel was Darren McGavin. Oh, oh my god! Oh god, my he's god! Great of I the Night like, Stalker. Yes, yeah. I was like, oh, do you think we'll see him at breakfast? Why? Well, I, I, I you know I never went up to him, but I was just when when are we going to see him again? You know. He's the I, dad. I, I, I just, Christmas you know. story. In, in Christmas Story, oh, he's the dad. He is? Yeah. But he's okay. also one of yeah. the great. He's also in The Natural. Yeah. Obviously, he's yeah. uh, he's one of the villains in, in The Natural. Fun yeah. guy yeah. in that. And yeah. and um and but he uh, he did. I think maybe my favorite show as a kid. Oh, Kolchak was. Uh, well, he played Carl Kolchak in The Night Stalker, which was the scariest show on television. It only ran. I mean, maybe it ran two seasons, if that. It was not a success. But it was such a scary show. I have that on DVD. Do you? No, it's it's, <laughs> it's fantastic. So oh it's yeah. fantastic. I've never seen them. I don't know. And um, and Darren McGavin uh, was was fantastic. And I got to, I don't think he ever did my show, but I got to meet him once. And yeah, my soul left my body. I was yeah. so excited. I couldn't yeah. believe I was meeting him. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So uh, yeah, I'm back in this movie now. And uh, da -da -da -da. yeah. <laughs> Come out, come out June 10th. That's, you your, it up. that's your promo. I love that you went, so anyway, uh, back in this movie, and uh, well, da-da-da-da-da. Uh, June 10th, you brought it up. I, just, I love that. I was just trying to remember where we got off that. Yeah. But next on my list was Diary of a Madman, oh. Vincent Price, and Tomb of Lygia. He was he was a big deal to us, you know, some of those Roger Corman's. I was a teenage Frankenstein. I was a teenage werewolf. Uh, they're two, ho two horrible movies, but interesting. Ego. Did anyone ever do I Was a Teenage Teenager? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm just curious. So it would be, it'd be kind of meta, but I'd do it. It's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. That's a billion It's a teenager idea. who then like did, turns into a teenager <laughs> who's just slightly older. 
He's like 15 and he turns 17? He turns into a 16-year-old. Oh, okay. He's yeah. a 15-year-old and he goes in a corner and it's like, ah! And then he comes out and he's a he's a sixteen year old. He can legally drive, but doesn't know how to. Yeah, he can legally drive, movie. but he can't. But he yeah. has the same amount of acne. What a yeah. terrible movie! I think it's a great movie, and I've got the rights. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no one's gonna fight you. Oh, yeah, well, you, yeah, you can have them. <laughs> I remember when TV shows would come out, what you were talking about, when you know the new lineup. Boy, I loved Friday nights when when Wild Wild West would yes, come on. Yes, huge. Oh boy, Robert Conrad and uh, Ross Martin, who played. Yep, Ross Martin. Uh, damn it. Artemis Gordon. Artemis Gordon. Artemis Gordon. Right, Gordon. Right, yeah, him. King Kong versus. We left Biden. that open for you, so yeah, I know. You didn't I know. Take Artemis. it. What really? What? No, I, I I don't know. How about Gigo? Nobody knows the movie Gigo. I don't know. Jackie Gleason. Jackie Gleason. He plays a mute dead kind of a village idiot. Oh, it's great. The first movie I ever cried at. Oh, I get it's it. heartbreaking. Oh. Yeah. I'm crying hearing about it. That's uh I, I, you're mentioning a bunch of movies that had a huge impact that I don't know. You'll know this one. Jason and the Argonauts. Mm. Yes. All that Ray Harryhausen yeah. stop motion stuff. Yeah. Magical day, magical day. <gasps> Vertigo did see the first run of Vertigo. Maybe my favorite one. Hitchcock movie. Speaking of Hitchcock, you know Vertigo? I don't, it's not my favorite. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm sorry. It's Bernard not. Herman does the score. Wonderful music from that. But why don't you like Vertigo? I, I didn't say I didn't like it. Yeah. I just have, of the Hitchcock films. What's your favorite Hitchcock? Uh, wow, it's got to be Psycho. And I also Psycho. like uh, Strangers on a Train. Oh, and that's uh, that's uh, yesteryear. Yeah, that's oh, interesting. Yeah, I, Farley Granger. Farley Granger was in that. I I met Farley Granger. You can't just say a name twice and have it have more impact. <laughs> yes, you uh, can. Far yes, Farley Granger. Can. Farley Granger. <laughs> Farley Granger. I think he's proven that he can. It would be right? great if you. I think you'd be a great prosecuting attorney because yeah. you'd say, you know, uh, uh, the killer is of course uh, Steve Miller. Uh, Steve Miller. <laughs> and people would be like, well, he's got to be guilty. He said his name twice. Steve Miller from the band? Yeah. yeah. Well, I just oh. threw a name out there. Oh. Yeah. That's a common name. He's not suspicious in any way. Well, he's the gangster <laughs> of love. He's got to yeah. be guilty. Oh, right. God. Right. Oh, that's true. God. That's, that's true. I stand by that. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. What were we talking about? Whose name? We were, you were listening. What? Oh, Farley Granger. Yeah. yeah. You know who in introduced me to Farley Granger? Shelley Winters, whom I met on um, this movie called Next Stop Greenwich Village that Paul Mazursky directed in 1975. Bri I came out here and we were kind of pals. Shelly Winters. Lovely uh, woman. She was lovely. lovely. Wow. What she, she was win? on our show in the early years, and I loved her because I knew her mostly from Poseidon Adventure. Oh, I know that oh, one. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Yes. Well, you know, she yeah. was she was the, in the Poseidon Adventure, but she was also in uh, Lolita. She's great. Yes. Oh, Lolita. she's great in Lolita. She's great in uh, uh, pl play, Place in the Sun yeah. with Montgomery Clifton and Liz Taylor. Spectacular. <sighs> hey, did you ever did you ever meet Liz Taylor? I did not meet Liz Taylor, no. I knew, no. I knew Liz Taylor. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. What was she like? Uh, spectacular. Spectacular. Okay. Um, she, yeah, she was one of those people. There's a, there's a, it all depends on when you get into show business. Uh, and I, you know, you need to get in at the, I, I missed, you know, I, I, I shouldn't say that. I got to meet all these amazing people who then passed away. Uh, it makes me sound like a killer. I met them and then they were gone. <laughs> Suspicious, eh? But uh, but before that, but I will say that, um, you know, there were all these great stars that passed away, you know, before I came along in 93. And you think of, the, you know, all the great, so many great stars from the, she had not passed away, but refused to take my calls. Mm. Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. Right. Wisely, very Smart. wisely. Don't blame her. No. Right. Who were we talking? Oh, so Shelley Winters, mm -hmm. who was in Place in the Sun. Yeah. And also, what did she win the Oscar for as supporting? 
Starring actress, as they were called in those days. What did she win for? She won for... Why did you become an evil German scientist? What did she win for? What did she win for? You will tell us, but she won. Just let me... You will not leave until you tell us what Shirley Vinters won for. Supporting actress. <laughs> what was it? Very good. Uh, patch of Blue. Oh, okay. Patch of Blue with Elizabeth Hartman and Sidney Poitier. And the, the prisoner says, Patch of Blue. And he goes, ah! Okay, you can go. You're the first. I'm putting that down because I... You can I... go. Here is... Uh, did you did you park your, in our lot? Because we validate. <laughs> yeah, I did. Okay, well, uh, oh, God. the guy completely loses his fervor. Uh, Patch of blue. Oh, okay. So you you go out the way you came. Like, you know, oh God. Just take the elevator. Yes. I'm crying. Do you want me to validate that? <laughs> uh, very good. Yeah, I'm adding Patch of Blue because I'd forgotten it because we saw Lilies of the Field and guess who's coming to dinner? Dinner. All in the um, um, Sydney Poitier category. In any case, so Shelley Winters took me to uh, Musso and Frank's for the first uh, time. Oh my God, that uh, is the uh, ultimate me uh, experience. And her and uh, Farley Granger. Oh my, oh my God. God. Yep. Wow. Yep. She said, "Get the sand dabs. Sand dabs are they're known for their sand dabs. Nobody else serves sand dabs. You know what the is fish a, sand dabs? Sand dab. At Musso Frank's, you can get the sand dabs. What still. is it? A uh, fish." Kind of, oh, a, kind of a fish, fish oh, that you get. Okay. Yeah. It's been fried often. Fried, fried. The fried sand deb's kind of a, a soul, of, uh, a variation of soul, I do believe. Wow. Mm. I just, uh, those, I mean, I live for those experiences. I live for the idea that you would see an iconic star in a restaurant and you would end up hanging out with them. Um, you know, someone you grew up watching on TV. And yeah. I was at a, uh, some restaurant once and... Warren Beatty was at another table and the next thing you know, I got invited over and I'm sitting with Warren Beatty and he's, I mean, I, uh, Bonnie and Clyde was such a huge deal to me. I saw it first run with my yeah, family. Well, yeah, and, and then I'm sitting there with him and I just can't believe it. I'm supposed to play it cool, but then uh, you can't because I, it's too big a moment. Just amazing. too big. To totally amazing. Uh, Splendor in the Grass, even before... Uh, Bonnie and Clyde, my parents and I went to, we were in New York City, and I think we went to uh, Radio City Music Hall, saw the Rockettes, and saw Splendor in the Grass with uh, him and uh, I think maybe Natalie Wood. Um, wow. Yeah, I saw amazing. The I saw the Rockettes, but I was 50 yards away. I was in shrubbery. Oh, God. Just God. peering out. Oh, my God. Such a creep. <laughs> Up in the <laughs> I'm the only guy that watches the Rockettes from a distance. <laughs> Peering you know, you can buy a, buy a ticket, ticket and be first I know. row. Yeah. No, no, no. I have my own way I like to do it. <laughs> it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. I got to wait till all of them come out together into that field. And I'll be behind those shrubs over there. What? How are you going to get them all out here? Well, we have a salt lick. We'll get them out there. A salt lick. You um, lit up. Look, uh, I, we. I have to wrap this up. No, you no. mustn't. I beg you. No. I beg you. Sanity, he had a dream. He expects a five-hour podcast. We can do this. It's okay. Okay, Fine. we'll do it. We all need to be rehydrated. Um, no, I just want to. It's uh, my God. I want to get the word out, and because this podcast, I'm not going to brag. 
you can brag. A lot of people hear this podcast. Oh, 43 yeah. million, yeah. I believe, yeah. is the uh, viewership is the what? Don't In Hawaii have... alone. And so what I'm saying, that's just on Maui. Right? Everybody listens million. five that's times on that. Yeah, I read 43 million. You like have, said, yeah. Very successful podcast. Yeah, it's uh, not for me to say. Let's not fact us. check that. It's well, 43 million. It's just yeah. say, yeah, no reason to look into it. But the point is, a lot of people hear it. And so when I say Jurassic World... Uh, Dominion, Jurassic World Dominion is coming out That's and that you are reprising your role as Dr. Ian Malcolm, that is going to pack the theaters alone. That alone. That's, That's big. No one else would watch it otherwise. You're very, no. I appreciate you saying that. You're very, because that's what they've said. But that's what I'm representing. You know, I represent a, a lovely company of uh, investors oh, no. and people. And, All right, let's not actors. turn this into a money thing. Right? Uh, uh, no one. No, emotionally, emotionally they're invested. Go. Go. Colin Trevorrow, the director. <laughs> Steven Spielberg is still at the at the uh, oh, top is. of the pyramid. Yes, wow. godfathering this all well, the way through. Well, let's be honest. You are the butts and seats of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm People sorry. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. 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 I, I, that's what I... That's how I felt. And yeah. I, as much as everyone else was spectacular, um, but I, you and one of the dinosaurs really... <laughs> I can't remember which one. It's one of the Velociraptors. Yeah. The Velociraptors. It'd be great Come if you on. got everybody back except one Velociraptor held out. It's like, fuck it. The Robert yeah. Duvall. Yeah, like, I was going to say Robert Duvall. Yeah. Godfather yeah. 3. Yeah, like, That's fuck right. it. You meet my price or I'm not showing up. <laughs> That's, That's so, right. Can I just take a second to share my notes for this, uh, this episode of the podcast? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Perfection, Perfection erotic ideal. Yep. Wow. That yep. was just what wow. today was. There we go. That really was. Yeah. yeah. I got it. to we should do I have uh, we have many more hours of You know, you have to come to you have to come back because my time with you is is serious. I'm going to be sincere and uh, it's hard for me to do that. Uh, but you're one of my favorite people. You really are. You too, me. And um I just absolutely love talking to you and it is whenever we're together, whether it's been on the show or this podcast, um, it is unlike any other experience I have. And sure. it means a lot to me. And so when I heard that that you were going to come in and inaugurate our new studio, uh, my head blew up. It exploded. <laughs> well, me too. I've been looking forward to this terrifically. And uh, I, these are my favorite. These are peak experiences for me. And people come up to me on the street anecdotally and say, you and Conan, you and Conan, you and Conan. <laughs> See, we got to do something. They yeah. do. Well, I think so too. I've been screen yeah. tested and apparently it's not good. Uh, it won't be a film, but maybe an animated project. Something where my face is mostly hidden. And you're singing authentically a lot. I like that. Um, the um, And I just saw a... A, um, a documentary about, or some kind of thing about talk show, the history of talk shows and the oh, current. Yeah. Did you see this one? There are many of them. I don't watch those. I, I love them watch. all. Yeah. And this one particularly said, here's why amongst the current crop in the last, in the last few decades, Conan O'Brien reigns supreme. He's cracked Ooh. the code and why he's at the pinnacle of what this needs to be right now, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Well, yep. I, I saw it and I... Now, I'm not uncomfortable. Okay. I just don't believe that that exists. They're talking uh, about this Conan O'Brien. No, he makes a, and he makes a good. It's an Irish. Why. It's an Irish Conan O'Brien. Oh, this guy <laughs> makes a very good case for exactly why. It's a very erudite and. Uh, there is a guy named Conrad O'Ryan <laughs> in no, Dublin no. who's huge, and he's really cracked the code. That's very cool. Well, it's, it's true. It's true. It's true. Well, Jeff and you all together. I mean, I'm really starstruck with nice. all of you. Oh come so on! Stop obsessing. it, Jeff oh, You pronounced my name right. There should be a. A, a, a perfume, not obsession, but Movsessian. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm 
wearing the new obsession. Oh my god, it's gonna smell like garlic. Yeah, I know what you're gonna say. And gourly. And gourly. Is it what's how do you say what's that vowel exactly? Is it gore? Gore, like gore, like gore. Gourly. Gourly. Yeah, although when I went to Ireland they said it's girly. Ah, curly. Is it really? Well they were just saying you seem kinda girly. Yeah, I think so. You seem girly to me. I said it's girly because no, it's girly. Oh, trust me. <laughs> we saw you walking down the street and it was girly. Well, you two, you three have made me very, very happy for many well, hours. You've, and we'll continue you've, to be. you've delighted That's us huge. and you're coming back. I want us. you. I, I want you along with, you know, I've seen every single Schlansky. Uh, oh, my God. Every boo. single Schlansky. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? No, we I laugh out loud over it's and over again. I see them multiple times. No, no, and it's all true. That's the one thing. Uh, I've been in, I've been in the darkest regions, darkest, most remote corners of the world, and people will literally come out from behind a rock and say, Schlansky, yeah. is he being real? I and know. I'll go, yes, he's being I real. Know. And then they go back under the rock. You're yeah. you're never funnier when, when when he's driving you mad. It's just oh, great. Oh, great, my God. Great, great. Well, well, anyway. Get back. You know what? Go, I could go on. Uh, Mr. Goldblum, Mr. Sir. Jeff Goldblum, you're the finest man that ever lived. Conan or? Christopher O'Brien. Oh, my God. Yes, oh, you are the finest man. That's uh, no, right. you're better. Yeah. Sorry. You're better. <laughs> I'm taking you to a sizzler. Yeah. We're going. <laughs> Let's go. Langustino. Langustinos. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, oh my God. Oh, oh God. I got to say, everywhere I go, people are talking about Monopoly Go. And oh. for good reason. It's an absolute hit! Yeah. I love Monopoly. People love Monopoly. And look, Monopoly's been around for a very long time. It's one of the oldest board games ever, okay? Okay. But lately I walk around and I just hear like, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And they say, we're playing Monopoly Go. You can play it with your family, your friends. It's a straight delight. There's always something new to do. Partner events where you can build on each other's boards and crazy tournaments with team events you can recruit your friends for. Or you can just compete to outdo them all on the leaderboards. Mm. And when you're not messing with your family and friends, Monopoly Go is always throwing new stuff at you. They have taken Monopoly to the next level. I didn't think Monopoly had to go to the next level, but they did. <laughs> There's timed events like massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts and, or money sprees that have fun new mini games. Plus, with tons of rewards to collect, like stickers for trading with friends and hilarious emojis that are perfect for gloating, there's always a reason to dip back in. Yeah. Man, they cracked it, you know? They did. So join the fun. Download Monopoly Go now free on the App Store and Google Play. Come on, if most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do, and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not that's more people than are on Earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. <laughs> that's one over one billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. 
Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Yeah. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. We have to just take a second here and wallow uh, in the joyousness of Jeff Goldblum. And we never do this. We, no. we talk to the guests, then we move on with matters. But Jeff Goldblum came in here. He is a, uh, a just an, an energy field. He is calming, but also enervating at mm. the same time. He, you know, he electrifies, solidifies. There's no compromise. Um, I have real nice thighs. Uh, he's he's absolutely no no. He's in, he's incredible. He does it. He's uh, he's one of my. I gotta say, and and I was really looking forward to seeing him today, and then to see how happy he was to see you, God. Matt Gorley, and you, Sonam of Sessian. He knew you as people. He as didn't human beings. Uh, yeah, and, and you know a lot of celebrities. They come in and they're like, oh my God, it's Conan, it's Conan, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I've never it, heard they, that. Yeah, I've never heard never anybody heard say, oh my no, God, Conan. it's Conan. I've never I know, I keep trying that. to get them to say it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, know. I have a cue card I hold up. I think and they Kato Kalin was the only one. Kato Kalin was said it, yeah, but he was testifying. Um, oh, but, <laughs> no, but. <laughs> no, but. That's not funny. Um, but anyway, murders. no. I, oh, please, murder. When time passes, murders are okay. Okay. Uh, it's laugh about. Anyway, my point is that. You know, he saw me as a human being, not as some godlike creature, and mm -hmm. uh, and he was so thrilled to see you guys as well. Oh man, he's a human electrolyte. He just gives you energy, like you were saying, and he and we know that he listens to all these segments and stuff. So this is as much for him. That yeah, how much yeah. we loved him, Jeff. Yeah. We absolutely love you. We know that he's so he is he is he listens to the podcast. Um, so unless he's an incredible con artist <laughs> who paid someone to listen. Because he said, I can't, uh, I, uh, I can't listen to that crap. Oh, oh no, no. No, he, he, unless he paid someone to listen and take notes. put a test in there. Jeff, if you're listening to this, to prove it, come over to my house and watch some James Bond movies with oh, me. Oh, Matt, that got yeah. sad quick. Yeah. Uh, just please come over. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, that's you better. Have, <laughs> do you have friends? Oh, God, no. You don't? No, not a one. That just occurred to me. I don't know if you have friends and you have people that you podcast with and you shuttle from place to place. Uh, podcasting with people you may not really know well on a human level, but do you have friends that come over and do the things that you like to do? Yeah, I'm a human being. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah. I've never heard you reference did a friend. you really think he didn't have any I don't know. Friends? I You know that I have friends. Well, now Jeff Goldblum's my friend, so I do have a friend. Oh, He's well, not, now, I'm, yeah. now I'm not sure either. Huh? You're not sure? <laughs> yeah. Jeff, come on, let's prove these, these knuckleheads wrong. Your friends are all people you saw on <laughs> TV and movie when you were kids in your mind. I'm E.T. Yeah, last night I had uh, dinner with Gumby. <laughs> Gumby? This is supposed to be a Jeff Goldblum praise session. Yeah, okay, that's well, true. Uh, I love him so much. Yeah. He doesn't have to know who we are. You know what's interesting? And he does. And that says let me, a lot about him. Let me ask someone. you a question. Uh, ladies love that man. Love him. And uh, I understand because, you know, again, we have a similar frame. Okay, don't do that. Don't do that. Just I don't understand. Before you go down that No, but when I don't understand. Said, like, not no, yeah. I can handle that. it. I can no. handle it. Why is it that the, the there's a fork in the Confidence. road? Confidence. Constant? Swagger. Yeah. Ease. You know how like uh, a, at a time Porsche and Volkswagen had the same 
engine, mm-hmm. that's the difference. We're it's about. he. It's also. It's like. He's no, I can chill. handle it. I really want to know. Chi- he is a chill person who seems very comfortable in his skin and very confident. Not that you're not, but it seems like he's been that way much longer than you have. I feel no, no, like and you I'm went through a very like I'm awkward com- phase where you were like, "Ooh, I don't like myself." No, was that that was that was that what was I, no? But what I'm saying is that it does it does amaze me that he does have something that I wish I had that me I too. don't have. Oh, me too. You know, and yeah. and uh, I'm being completely honest. He has. He does have an ease and he's always in the center. He's always centered. Mm-hmm. I think that's incredible to he's be centered, centered like that all the time. And he's, yeah. he's like a tuning fork that's perfectly vibrating with the universe. Yeah. And um, I feel like I'm a, you know, like a- You're just a fork. Yeah, like a fork yeah. that was eating clams, but someone didn't wash it afterwards and then it fell in some sand and it's got oh. some clam juice and sand on it. Yeah. That's pretty good, yeah. Do you think- we like him because he's nice to us. Oh, maybe right. if you tried being nice to me and Matt, then we would like mom. Maybe still not. You then. get you get a paycheck, right? That's not being nice to someone. That's, you get a paycheck. You, I'm yeah. your employee. That doesn't mean you're nice to me. It's kind of worse because it's like you're paying her to be belligerent. <laughs> you the fact that you even thought do you about, make it? Do you do okay with me? I do. Yeah, I do. Would you say that? Uh, I mean, are there a lot of other people just sending you money? Besides me, nobody else is. Okay, my jo- I'm then your, I'm a good guy, job. and I'm no, your friend. You can't, no, no, that doesn't no. sound how nice this it's works. Not what are you talking about? Jeff Goldblum asks nothing and gives everything. You, <laughs> are you get a paycheck from you. You, you, why are you pointing at me? You profit point, from me as well. Dude. In a, in a roundabout way, I do. Yes, full in a roundabout way. Full, full disclosure. Okay, I didn't realize that you were just here on a voluntary basis. <laughs> no, I've seen you driving since the podcast blew up, and suddenly you're driving a Bentley. No, yes, you're driving a Bentley on, uh, you know, uh, just on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, you know, and, classic girls. Yeah, and and whoa, your license plate suddenly Pod King. <laughs> And you're driving around. You guys have both. Podking is seven letters. Yeah. We say, and your kids wear these like crazy satin outfits that you have handmade for them now that the yeah. podcast blew up. And so both of you have, your lives have been changed by knowing me, which means oh you God. have to like me. That, you have no, to. You know no. that's not how it works. It should work you that way. You can't buy a friendship. That's not yes, how it works. Yes, you can. No, you can't. That's why I moved to Los Angeles. <laughs> but you can. <laughs> no. You can. Sona and I are you friends. Think, yeah, all of my I friends, genuinely like all of my friends work for me. And I'm very comfortable with that because if any of them piss me off, I can terminate that friendship oh, very easily. And you wonder why we like Jeff Goldblum yeah. more than yeah. you. <laughs> I still don't understand he's it. He's my favorite tall person. Yeah. And he just exudes this like sense of ease. And you know what? He doesn't have to pay me for me to like him. Yeah. And that says a lot. Hmm. This is interesting. I have to look more into this. Into friendship? Just <laughs> into how it, the concept of being nice? He leads yeah. with love. You lead with fear. Yes. yes. No. Stalin did good. that. Yeah, I know. He yes. controlled. Stalin. I mean, Stalin. Joseph Stalin. <laughs> oh, Dictator. oh, so now we're going to rip on Joseph Stalin. <laughs> You know, I love how there's no nice sacred mustache. there's no nice sacred mustache. cows anymore. Everybody gets torn down. Everybody gets torn not down. Jeff and now it's no, Joseph not Stalin. Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Jesus, no one's safe in this hypersensitive Jeff era. Jeff Goldblum is um, he's an angel. Yeah. He's an absolute angel. He's Just such a sweet person. He mm. might be an alien. 
He, he is. Uh, you know, guy, he is. You know? I, you know, we should stick the landing on this. He is uh, such an unusually he's, – he's an unusual person. There's no one else quite like him. And I do have to tell you that when I – in my travels, people always bring up to me, oh, my God, I love it when Jeff Goldblum is on the podcast or he's on the show. Um, he brings an energy that immediately transforms the experience. I think we all are changed by him when yeah. we're in his – he creates yeah. like a biosphere – a Jeff Goldblum biosphere that's very enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. And he he remembers everybody. Yeah. He's just, he like, when he looks at you, he looks at you and he knows your name and he remembers you. And that goes a long yeah, way. Yeah, but I don't, again, I have a list of all the employees. I can oh, consult. I, I don't think you I can even know I can go to Jeff Ross. Name. I can go to Jeff Ross now. I don't need to. <laughs> you do all I have to. to do is go to Jeff Ross or Adam Sachs and say, the guy with the... You know, he's kind of a hipster and he lives in Pasadena. <laughs> and they'll be like, yeah, Matt Gorley. And I'll be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, tell him I wished him a happy Christmas. <laughs> I got to get out of here. My helicopter, my helicopter's waiting. It's May. Wait, what? Yeah. My, my helicopter's waiting. That's uh. <laughs> <laughs> your helicopter. <laughs> God, your helicopter <laughs> is ill. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? how does the helicopter... No, but mine is different. Mine runs on pure malice. <laughs> it's very eco-friendly. It's super pervy somehow. Your helicopter is, is... Wow. Oh. Mr. O'Brien, you must really hate people today. We've got 600,000 miles. <laughs> I just get in it and put an electrode on my head. Flies Who are you mad at? <laughs> and it leaves a noxious cloud of just oh pure yeah. bad intent behind Metaphorically, me. Metaphorically, that's what's going on oh, here. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, Jeff Goldblum, uh, if you're listening right now, yes. naked in the lotus position what? as you as you meditate, as he does every night, okay. we love you. We do. We love you. See you next week at my house for James Bond. Okay. Oh, Let's cut it there. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Conan O'Brien, Sona Movsesian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it.
Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.